Welcome back, everyone, to the Xamarin Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest and greatest in mobile development for Xamarin developers, covering the world of Xamarin, .NET, Azure, and more. I'm Matt Sokup, and today we have a special episode for you. We're going Hollywood, and we'll talk to the creators of an app built with Xamarin and Azure for the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences, or maybe better known as the Oscars. Joining me are Cesar Rodriguez and Cesar Cordero from the Oscars and our very own Sweeky Setpafi from Microsoft's mobile customer advisory team. All right, Cesar Cordero, can you give our listeners a quick one-minute overview of the app? Uh, yeah, sure, Matt. The app allows our users to browse some Academy-related content, such as like articles or press releases that are usually sent out through emails. Now we're able to have it embedded in our app to stay more up-to-date with um, the Oscars and what's going on. Also, we have a section where users could update their information, such as um, phone numbers or emails. And we also have functionality for like calendars um, so to keep up with um, dates along the way throughout the year because we have like cycles. And also we have area for our FAQs where um, users could go in and search for any questions that may have been answered already. We also support um, some streaming functionality in the app where users could watch videos that are Academy related. Ah, sweet. So this is a super interesting app. But before we dive too deep into it, I just want to introduce everybody and get to know a little bit about your background. So Cesar Rodriguez, why don't you give us like, who are you and what's your development experience? Hi, everyone. My name is Cesar Rodriguez, and I'm a software developer for the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences. I came on board um, as a developer in 2015, and one of my first projects was actually to work on the um, streaming application back then. We featured that in our platform on the web, and um, my experiences has been working on from web forms to web API to um, working on SQL and front-end JavaScript experiences. So uh, yeah, it's pretty much full stack, as you can say, and that's where I've, I've been working on. Always got to love the full stack developers. It's like you get thrown in everything and you have to be an expert in everything. Uh, Cesar Cordero, why don't you tell us the same thing? Who are you? What's your what's your role at the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences? And uh, your little bit of background in, in development. Oh, yeah, sure. So I'm Cesar Cordero. I'm a software developer for the Academy, also a um, full stack developer. But mainly I've been focusing on the, the mobile efforts for the Academy. So it all started maybe like, five years ago where I first dabbled into um, the mobile world um, to get to know some of the intricacies and different uh, design paradigms that it offers and um, what's different from um, web development. Yeah, I'm mainly a web dev and um, backend developer, but not until a couple of years ago where um, we started getting serious about our mobile development efforts where we wanted to ship a feature-rich um, production-ready app that extends our our main websites. Yeah, the process has been quite a ride. Oh, that's, that's super cool. And I bet you the process has been quite a ride as well. Dig down into the app and find out a little bit more about what it does. It's This app is great. And um, But before we get down into it, I want to talk to Sweeky, our very own Sweeky. And I put you last, Sweeky, because you work for Microsoft and us Microsoft folks always have to go last. <laughs> but introduce yourself. Sweeky, what's your path to mobile development? Hi, everyone. I'm Sweeky. Um, I'm in the DevDev uh, customer advisory team, specifically on the mobile customer advisory team. 
my journey into development uh, has been long. Uh, I studied computer science, so haha. Uh, but I actually joined Microsoft through the Xamarin acquisition. So I'm one of those um, Xamarin oldies, you can say. And uh, yeah, so it's been an exciting um Actually, four years now, I think, since our acquisition. So super fun in Microsoft and super fun helping great customers like the Oscars. I had no idea that you came over from Xamarin. You're one of the, the originals. <laughs> yep. All right. So Cesar Cordero, tell me a little bit more about the app here. Um, it's it's Xamarin, and it, but it's also tvOS. Am I, am I right there? Yep. We're also using the um, Xamarin uh, native for our tvOS app. What did you like most about TVOS development? And I'll, I'm going to follow that up with what did you like least about it? But tell me about the design of TVOS. And I'm not talking so much about the app that you wrote, but what did you like enjoy most about when you're developing for TVOS? Um, TVOS is, was um, pretty challenging, but um, also it was interesting at the same time where um, it just has a different user experience where users will not be able to tap on their phone. They would need to use a remote to actually interact with the app. So that piece was um, a little bit different, but also exciting. So more about that, um, what was challenging was um, getting to know the, the focus engine of tvOS. So the tvOS would work a little bit differently from um, traditional apps where there's something in focus and um, we would try to highlight we would have to add extra functionality to highlight what is actually in focus. So we need to add some code that that maybe expands the, the highlighted item or maybe changes the background, uh, stuff like that. And there were also different controls that, that I first used in this app, such as um, the UI search control. I haven't used that in any of my previous apps, but this was perfect for the tvOS app. So Cesar Cordero, then um, you did know iOS development, or at least Xamarin iOS development, or familiar with it before going into tvOS. Am I am I right with that statement? Just slightly. So I, I knew the basic UI UI text box controls labels, but haven't really used the other controls extensively. So it was there was some different um, aspects to it um, that were tvOS specific. Um, but mainly, most of the controls were um, pretty similar in how it um, interacted with the forms. Yep, and that was my question: Is uh, what did you think about doing iOS apps and then moving over the tvOS apps? It was like how big of a cognitive dissonance was that? Yeah, it wasn't much of a big difference. It was um, just mainly the user experience and proper way to manage the memory because in tvOS applications and or um, tvOS devices, it doesn't have much memory. So you would have to be really mindful of um, the impacts and the performance implications for those applications. Well, it sounds like you guys really had to dig deep into it if you're starting to deal with memory on a tvOS. I've, I've done yeah. a little bit of tvOS development, but yeah, not not that much. So yeah, because yeah, we, um, we deal with like collection views and, um, and a lot of images in our tvOS app, and we don't want to have any jitteriness in our applications. So yeah, that's why we had to um, come up with some caching solutions for some of our um, functionality. Wow. Now, I don't want to have you hog the whole show here, but can you fill us in on what some kind of the caching solutions you use? Or how did you go about it real quickly? 
Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so we have images where we, we cache in memory. Um, so it releases those images once the memory gets too high. So we have a caching layer where it, it retrieves the image from a remote server. And then it also caches it on, on the physical device. If it finds that image, a cached image, then it uses that. If not, then we grab it from the remote server. And then Sweeky. So y'all mentioned that um, it does some streaming. And one of the things in order to do the streaming is that you're using the Brightcove player. There is no native, native out-of-the-box Xamarin bindings for the Brightcove player. And I know, Sweeky, you helped out with that. So bindings <laughs> is something that nobody likes to do. Well, at least I don't like to do. And uh, so fill us in a little bit about that. What was all involved in writing bindings for for that? Right. I mean, what do you mean you don't like bindings? Bindings are the best. They're the most fun thing to do. Uh, I love doing bindings. I hope Alex is listening to this. Um, okay. So, um, yeah, we were pulled in because um, uh, Cesar Cordero, he had, I think he did a first stab at trying to understand bindings. And uh, they're not always the easiest when you just try sort of like the first, like just for the first time. Um, this was a slightly complex native SDK also. Uh, and that's when um, our team sort of just stepped in to help them out with um, the bindings. So our first attempt, I mean, our first effort was towards binding uh, for tvOS. And then we moved on to binding, uh, the, uh, moved on to adding the bindings for iOS and Android for the mobile apps. And as for the binding itself, um, of course, bindings are never fun. You've already said it. Uh, so it was an interesting binding journey. We also, uh, uh, Cesar Cordero can also uh, talk a little bit more about this, but there was also a fun journey where we started binding one library first and then it got switched out and we had to start binding another library. So yeah, it's been a fun journey in binding land with this project. So, uh, but yeah, no, we gave a ton of feedback to the Xamarin team on how the binding process has been and uh, the good, good stuff and the bad stuff. So um, yeah, I understand bindings are a little annoying to do, but we give feedback to our product teams all the time and we're really hoping to make this process a lot nicer. The first time I ever got a binding to work when I was first getting into Xamarin development, I swear I ran around the house giving high fives like the various furniture pieces and everything because it finally worked and it was so cool to see it work. Oh, 100%. Um, that's, the ex that's, that's what you're supposed to do. I think I ate like a tub of ice cream or something once it started working. Um, it was the best feeling in the world. Yep. <laughs> Eating a tub of ice cream is a lot better than giving high fives to pieces of furniture. So you you had it down. <laughs> uh, all right. So so some of the the images that that Cesar Cordero mentioned were downloaded. So I'm I'm guessing they they those came from Azure, Mr. Cordero. Am I right w with that? Yep. All our images are on Blob Storage in Azure. Yeah, we just grabbed those from Blob Storage and then displayed in that. Okay. And then um, Cesar Rodriguez, you kind of helped out with the, I guess, an on-premises backend and moved it over to Azure. And so I guess the, the images moving up there, I'm going to guess that that was a part of it. So can you fill our listeners in on what else was all involved in getting this app to be supported with the cloud infrastructure? Sure. Yes. Uh, it was a big lift that we did back then with, with our team. Um, um, coming in and uh, putting their efforts as well. Uh, overall, uh, we had to actually um, migrate on-prem um, uh, SQL 
web applications up to Azure App Services um, and also SQL in the cloud. We also had to uh, create our um, repos up, up there um, with our pipelines to be able to run builds um, automatically and uh, also stepping away from um, we used on-prem. It was Team Exp- uh, I'm trying to remember exactly the name of that. Older Team Git. Foundation. Exactly, Team Foundation. Thank you. Um, out to um, Git. So th- there was a lot of, um, uh, of a lift here going on. And um, each, each of these pieces were uh, very important to come into play so that um, we can have this harmony in the cloud working. It's, you know, it's difficult, but it's definitely doable. Um, it's achievable, in other words. Um, so there was configurations, too, that we also had to um, set up um, in our Azure cloud um, so that we can move away from using the web config directly in our projects and then use them um, in the cloud based on the environment. So that was very helpful because then once we ran our builds in different environments that would have and adhere to those values that are, are related to that environment. So that's part of the, the, the big lifts that we did. And then also was just the understanding how to work with the server in the cloud where you can actually connect to it remotely to debug directly. That was a, that was a, a learning curve there uh, as opposed to um, uh, attaching it to the IIS locally when it's on-prem and that's much easier to do. And um, also changing out our way of developing of using um, mostly uh, test-driven uh, test before we actually can uh, create our packages and bundle them up to create our NuGet packages because we basically have all of our projects um, modular and so they come together when as needed. So yeah, it was it was it was a big learning curve, but it's definitely in a much better place than we were back then, and it makes it much more easier. So when we have a new hire or anyone helping us temporarily to grant them access and point them to the repo, it's so much easier for them to download the project along with the new get packages and have them up and running, um, you know, within like a half a day, including starting Visual Studios. Um, so yeah, it, it's it, we're in a much better place than we were before. Oh, very good. And so you mentioned that you were using um, like different production environments versus staging environments versus development environments. Um, so is that all you mean? All those are up in Azure. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. All right. And then how are you going about with your configuration files? What what technique are you using to separate those out? Uh, key vaults um, and um, app config. So uh, each environment has their own. And so we just uh, uh, set the values from one environment to the next environment and update them there um, accordingly. Oh, nice. So you're using both Azure Key Vault and Azure App Config? Yes. Oh, nice. Uh, both, or Key Vault's an old product, but Azure App Configuration's relatively new. So it's a, yeah, super cool to hear that, that you're putting it to good use um, right away. And so I guess during this whole lift and shift process, Cesar Rodriguez, what was your most proud moment when when you're when you're going through this? Uh, most proud moment, um, I guess. After we did our first deployment um, in production, and we migrated uh, our old system to our new system, and our um, users were on it, and it seemed seamless. Was my proudest moment on that because uh, it was it was a lot of. Uh, uh, changes going through 
and iterations and making sure that everything was in the right places and having having our QA team go, go in and make sure that everything was running as smoothly and transparently as it was before. It's like, you know, one of those things that if you want to work on the engine, don't change the pedal or the brakes. Uh, you want to keep that the same, but make the changes in the engine only and let everything else run as it was before. So uh, once that accomplishment was uh, uh, reached, uh, that was that was great and done, and we can move forward. And yeah, that was that was a proud moment. Nice. And so, was the Azure migration done before the uh, apps came out? Uh, for Apple TV, I believe it was. Well, actually, I think it was. I'm sorry, Caesar Cordero. Can you remind me um, where it landed in 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 that process? Yeah, we uh, migrated and then we released the TVS application. Yeah, I think we were in beta at that time with our Apple TV um, um, version of it. And so it wasn't in production yet. So it was in that transitional phase. Okay. Okay, very good. And um, Cesar Cordero, now, as I understand it, you're not just limited to TVOS. You also have a iOS and Android application as well. Am I right there? Yep, that's right. All right, cool. And those are actually using Xamarin Forms. Yep, yep. Okay. So here's here's the here's the big question. How much code reuse did you get going from TVOS to Xamarin Forms? Were you able to reuse like a lot of the business logic and, and so on? Uh yeah, we actually used a big chunk of um our shared code. So um we we were able to reuse a lot of our business logic and our service classes because we make a lot of HTTP calls to our um, APIs in the cloud. So most of that stuff were um, were reused and also our models were reused. Some of our few models were also reused. So there was um, Suiki and her team. We were They helped us architect our app where it um, allows us to maximize the code reuse and um, maximize um, the power of Xamarin. Ah, oh, very cool, Sweeky. Yes. Tell all our listeners about maximizing code reuse. What did you have to do, and <laughs> what, you know some of the best practices? Um, well, what we did uh, specifically, since we figured out that a lot of um, the business logic is going to be shared among uh, not just uh, the TVOS app and the mobile apps that they're doing now in whatever future apps that they want to extend to. So the way we have the app structured right now is we have a core project, which has all of those view models and services, the authentication logic that uh, Cesar Cordero just mentioned, it all lives in the score project. And um, that and, uh, and that is how every sort of client app, so you can add whatever sort of client app you want to add to this, and they all have access to these um, shared services. And um Another cool thing that we did was anytime there was any sort of sort of shared logic or a shared functionality uh, that was being implemented, you know, for a particular platform. And we noticed that, oh, hey, wait, this is going to get pulled over to the other platform. Also, we started sort of moving it away to its own little shared project. We've nougatized a bunch of these dependencies. Um, It's it's really amazing. Um, As soon as we were starting to like notice patterns and you know, pieces of logic that was going to be like passed around between the apps. Uh, we took an effort to make sure that not to do it later, but to do it right now and move it to its own service or if needed, move it to its own uh, NuGet service, uh, like NuGet package. So 
yeah it's really awesome and the oscars team has been great like they've always open to like these cool new ideas or trying something you know maybe not completely you know seen before but you know they they had faith in us to let us try it out and you know and i think um Cesar Cordero, do you want to talk about like how you it, you very recently implemented a feature in tvOS and you were pretty instantly able to like you know reuse a ton of code and add it to the mobile app? I think that's a good example of how this architecture helped them out. Oh uh, yeah, sure. We had a feature where we need to group um, some information into one area. So we we first implemented it in tvOS. We added all that shared code into our core project. Um, so we have our API calls that build out our, all our models. And then um, that code um, gets, we use dependency injection to make this all um, abstracted out. We're able to make those service calls with both the mobile app and the tvOS app. And all we had to do with the mobile app, because all the services were created, is just um, bind those models that it created onto the form. Uh, and then that's pretty much it. It was less of a hassle than um, it was magic. I Let's admit it. Thought. Let's call it yeah. magic. Let's just call it. That's what it is. Xamarin Forms is magic, <laughs> friends. Magic. <laughs> this is why I like having Sweeky on the podcast. Magic. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so I was going to actually, she did bring up a good point. I was going to say, what do you like better, Xamarin Forms or TVOS development? TVOS um, is a fun project. Because um, I learned a bit more in that project, but um, Forms is much easier to use than um, the native um, Xamarin. Uh, yeah, it was just um, I, I previously had a background in uh, like Silverlight applications, which uses like XAML and um, the MVVM pattern. So it, it wasn't much of a learning curve there. Xamarin Forms was yeah easy to use and we were able to come out with an app uh, rather quickly. And that's what, one of the great things about Forms is that it does let you get something to your users and to your customers really quickly. And it looks great. It really looks 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 spectacular. So Cesar Rodriguez, when you were building the mobile app to support it with the backend APIs, I'd imagine that you also had... Because the web app was there first, you had APIs to support that. And when you're building a mobile app up, did you find out that you had to change or tweak any of those web APIs to suit the mobile app at all? Uh, to some degree, yes. It's kind of an interesting process, actually, given that um, we started out on supporting the web first before we expanded out to uh, working on uh, these mobile platforms. And um, Caesar and, and thank goodness with um, Sweeky as well um, have done a fantastic job in just taking what was there first and um, making it work with the current API that was um, there. Um, but uh, in, in the recent um, months, we have actually um, updated our uh, API and um, the web is actually now following more of what we're doing in mobile apps. And so in working with those changes, I realized that um, we need to actually change out the API to have a better structure um, in what we're delivering back in those models um, to make it lighter, um, to faster that is, and also um, more uh, directly on 
uh, its purpose. So, you know, sometimes you have a models that you build up as if it's too big because you have some superfluous values that you may use later down the road in your application, sometimes it's better off to actually break it down to just deliver what you need in that page. And then once you have a click, you can have another call um, back to the API to then deliver exactly what you need there and then. Um, so those kinds of um, challenges that uh, we we uh, faced when we were working on this is some of the things that we are actually um, had to change out in the API. Um, and also uh, given that we have different platforms and we deliver video uh, for different um, different usages. Uh, we also had to update the API to make a call directly on uh, based on the on the platform that it's coming from. So, for instance, if it's like coming from um, uh, Apple TV, it will be different than versus the web, uh, which require a, a different type of rendition for the for the video itself. So the API was actually updated for that matter as well uh, to just take. Um, into consideration those nuances based on where you're coming from, who you are, and then let me get you exactly what you need on that request. Okay. Well, that's really interesting, Cesar Rodriguez. And I want to ask you one other thing. Is as we were chatting before the, before the episode started to be recorded, um, a couple of things that came up is that I found out that you're using Redis Cache. And so can you explain to our listeners both what that is and what benefits that gives the app? Uh, yes, uh, Redis Cache is fantastic because it's just a, a easy way to actually just cache values that you want to just uh, have imminently available uh, when, for instance, uh, it may take uh, longer to make a round trip call to an API. Um, and so you can deliver something back to the app um, without having to make that full round trip so long as that those values that you're keeping in those keys are not stale. So providing a mechanism in between to actually refresh it um, is something that has to be thought through to be able to do that in between. But for the most part, it's an actual a great feature um, Microsoft has to be able to just uh, create a key, cache it, cache those values, um, look at that value before you actually go further to making the API request for getting anything back out of your database um, and then um, use that um, on the app immediately. So yeah, it's a great feature. Oh, wonderful. Are, are you both making use of that on the web app side too, in addition to the mobile app? Yes, we are. Oh, cool. So that's one of the great things about these some of these Azure backends is that they're not just applicable. The one thing is that you can, if you design them right, you can use them across all your uh, app application infrastructure, which is which is super neat. And um, Cesar Cordero, when I was talking with Suiki yesterday and she mentioned that you all are in absolute love with application insights. So, what 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 makes App Insights so great for you, your use cases? Um, maybe Rodriguez could go into more um, detail in the App Insights, but um, we also use App Center for our mobile applications and TVOS applications. Um, so Suiki was able to um, work her magic um, to create those bindings for App Center for um, TVOS because it didn't actually, um, was it wasn't supported yet for TVOS applications. So we had to create our custom uh, bindings for to get that functionality uh, into our TVOS applications. Uh, yeah, so um, now we're able to track um, what devices were installed for um, our TVOS applications. And we're also able to get some logging um, 
to track which features are being used and how are they using it. So it's been a big help with um, learning what the how the user is interacting with our applications. All right, Sweeky, back to the bindings. You're, you're <laughs> probably never going to appear on a podcast again after we talk about bindings all the time. But tell me a little bit about the App Center bindings. I mean, that's that's one of our products, but obviously for tvOS. But yeah, tell me about binding to uh, tvOS two over the App Center SDKs. Yeah. Um, so the, I mean, tvOS at the end of the day is just a device, and the tvOS app is just a, is just an application, right? So um, so App Center doesn't have so so sorry. App Center has Xamarin iOS and Xamarin um, Android, uh, you know, uh, packages that you can add as is, but we were unable to get the Xamarin iOS package to just work with uh, the tvOS app. So instead, uh, what I did was I took the native iOS app, which was working, and I just did a quick Xamarin binding um, around it, and we made a NuGet for uh, for the Oscars to use within the tvOS app. And um, yeah, so it's been uh, super helpful. So it, it, it does what the regular App Center features do. So it tracks crashes, tracks analytics, and uh, you heard it from them. They love it. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you Xamarinized it. So so uh, are you using Objective Sharpie when you when you do this, or are you going about it a different way? Uh, no, I uh, so this the the App Center iOS uh, SD uh, the the it's a Cocoa Pod. It's Objective C, so I used Objective Sharpie for this. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, this was actually pretty straightforward. It wasn't a very complicated binding. Uh, just ran Sharpie, did the usual corrections, uh, you know, take away those verify tags, and um, a little like here and like a little push here and there. And uh, we were able to get it to work. It was, I think, uh, yeah, I did a couple of test runs here and there. And then, uh, yeah, it was, I think, about, I think it's a couple of days. And we were able to give it to the Oscars team so they could use, yeah. All right, Cesar Rodriguez, jumping back to App Insights. Tell me about all about it and what, you, what you're using it for and uh, what, what it helped you out with. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, so uh, we use uh, App Insights uh, in two different ways. One is um, using it on the server level, and then, and then the other way is using it on the um, client level with using Java SDKs. Um, they're both useful for different reasons. Um, the SDK is really very easy to implement. It's just a matter of uh, dropping that into your header file, pointing to the um, um, source file that is, on the web and then um, pointing to your uh, App Insights um, account. And that's pretty much it. It's straightforward and easy to use. And then um, if you just let it ride for a good uh, hour or so and you go into your App Insights account, you're going to see a lot of details that you were not aware of that um, is happening on your application. So um, and, and it's very granular too. So you can get a lot of details, whether, you know, what calls are being um uh, uh, made, uh, where it fails, um, you'll get um, uh, metrics and dependencies of, uh, you know, of that particular application that's running. Um, so it's been very useful to us um, in debugging um, certain issues that may come up along the way. Um, we're able to look into it and find out, you know, what, what happened during that time, what happened around that time, and then pinpoint what the issue is to actually go ahead and, and fix these um, bugs that we find along the way. So uh, it's, it's, a very, it's very instrumental, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I'm implementing it. Oh, that's awesome. So are you writing a lot of queries then? 
uh, custom queries to get out your information from App Insights? Not yet. Uh, App Insight is relatively new uh, in all this um, to us, and so um, I'm still learning about it as I as I as I am working with our projects. So um, we're not quite there yet, but uh, we're looking forward to doing that and also customizing it further. Okay, cool. I was going to say, if you were an expert in writing those queries, I was going to have you teach me. because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, there's a lot to um, see there and do there um, before you can actually start doing uh, things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So Cesar Cordero or Sweeky, um, if either one of you can chime in on this, I'm going to go back to the Xamarin Forms apps. Uh, was there any reason that you had to use the... I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say the dreaded custom renderer, but did you have to use custom renderers at all when you when you were making these apps? Yeah, um, we had to use custom renders on um, a little bit of our apps. So um, our graphic designers are a little bit um, particular in their UIs and how it should look. So um, what we had to do was create like a, a card view control, where it subclasses the the frame control. It has all the all the shadows and borders on it, but then the the shadows for those controls they don't look so great natively. So we had to make some minor tweaks to that control to make it closer to um, what the uh, UX designers um, designed. I just I was on, I was going to add um, and uh, Credero, you can probably also um, add to this, but. It was surprising for uh, the really amazing uh, complex UI design. We didn't have to actually make that many um, renderers because uh, uh, using the latest version of Xamarin Forms in the app, um, we're actually using a ton of the new controls that Xamarin, Xamarin Forms team has added, uh, carousels, uh, collection views, um, expander view. Um, do you want to add to like you know how those actually helped save a ton of time in the development process? Oh, yeah. So one of the newer controls that we're actually using is the expander control. So um, I'm, I'm not sure if it's out of experimental yet, but um, it, it worked great for our use case. So we have an FAQ section where um, users could expand and hide the, um, the answers to those questions. So we added that to that form. Um, I, was, I was already ready to just create something custom for um, that page, but um, Suiki was nice enough to um, point me the, the right direction that there's already something that was created recently for that. That's great. Well, half the battle is even knowing about it before you can even use it. And especially with the way the forms team is innovating and developing, it's it's easy to not know they've done something, but they already, they already have it and made. But it, yeah, it might be hidden right. behind that experimental flag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we um we use a couple experimental like the when the collection view was still experimental, um, we were able to use that and play around with it, and it just fit um, whatever we were trying to trying to do with the application. Nice. And so, are you using any of the other um, like Xamarin Essentials or anything like that? Uh, yeah, we're we're using some of the Xamarin Essential functionality like uh, secure storage um, permissions preferences. Um, and also we're, we're using, um, a lot of the idioms for supporting iPad, displaying the form differently, um, depending on what platform, um, they're on, um, Android, they, 
they show some of um, their controls a little bit differently than the iOS controls. So we tried making them match throughout the board. So idioms, um, we use that to accomplish some of those UI um, intricacies. And yeah, that helped us get consistency throughout our applications. That's really cool. And I really, we probably don't have to convince any of our listeners about it, but that's another great thing about the, uh, the whole Xamarin universe is that you can really, you're just writing your code once and it's going to work and provide you a lot of platform specific type of type of things, but just you're doing it from your core project. And in those idioms, we um, were able to get granular with our UIs and just um, target some specific um, parts that didn't look right. So that was really helpful um, to accomplish whatever the our um, UX designers um, designed for us. So I'm going to throw it up in the air right now. And uh, Cesar Rodriguez or Cordero, is there anything else that you would like our listeners to know about the app? It's a great app. I got to tell you, it's a fun app. Um, it's it's just developed for streaming, um, but it has a lot of rich features um, for our users to interact with it and be able to pick up right where they left off. Um, it's intuitive. Caesar, you can you have so much to talk about it because you've been working folk primarily on this. So I'll, I'll let you take the rest of it. So we um, started um, creating the Xamarin Forms app as like a proof of concept. Um, and we weren't sure if Xamarin Forms was the right choice than going um, Xamarin Native. We have in our applications, we have um, not that complex of a form, um, just some um, custom renders here and there and some um, custom bindings. But then after we gotten through those, those hurdles, um, we were able to... Um, we were able to create this beautiful application um, with Xamarin Forms, and it's pretty responsive and pretty performant. So it's been it's been the right choice, I believe, um, going the Xamarin Forms route. Nice. And so this is going to be a leading question, but did you did you guys attend any workshops to learn about Xamarin Forms? Yes, we did. Yeah, um, we went. Yeah, we went to uh, one of our uh, uh, your Visual Studios in San Diego, um, and it was actually where I actually first met you. You were in one of those classes that we attended. Nice, nice, pretty good. You know, instructors going on there. Me and Laurent probably were leading it. So yeah, so in in a way that I'm responsible for this app, right? <laughs> yes, exactly right. <laughs> yeah, that, that's where it all started. It was my brain transplant of a couple of months ago. What are you guys talking about? (laughs) It's kind of funny how things come in full circle because we had no idea that, um, you know, it was going to come to where we're at now. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, the app is amazing. It sure is. And Sweeky, um, with the mobile customer advisory team, you're lucky enough to both um, get to work on a bunch of apps and see a bunch of apps. And what are your your thoughts on, on how this all came together and what the app does? Oh, I think um, I think it's an amazing app. Um, there's like the whole team f- from the Oscars, like from like they have a huge bunch of like there's a lot of people who are involved in this, and um, everyone's done a great job. Um, this this app's going to be awesome. Um, all the people who are going to use it are going to really love it. Um, there's a ton of like infrastructure that's been set up really well. Uh, there's so much of automation. Oh my god, I think they have the best automation um, environment set up I have seen. Uh, testing is flawless. Um, it's it's just it's so easy. Like like Rodriguez mentioned, um, they've siloed the 
critical components out in a really nice way. It's really easy to onboard. Um, it was so nice. Like it was really easy for me to just jump in and help and then just like jump off and, you know, look at how, look at how awesome they both are. They're doing such great work. Um, yeah. So I'm super excited, uh, for the rest of the Academy to use the app and yeah. Um, so great. So great. Absolutely. Great. I'm, I'm totally responsible for all the greatness too. I'm just going to say it right <laughs> oh, now. Definitely. Team effort. Definitely a team effort. So what I'm going to do then is we wrap up the podcast every time. Just so you know, what's your favorite thing? So Cesar Rodriguez, this can be anything in the world, a, a book that you're reading, a app library that you happen to be using, a TV show, movie. I mean, I, you guys work for the Oscars, so I'm sure you're seeing the super secret stuff that's not going to get released till 2022 right now. <laughs> what's going on? What's going on? What's your favorite thing? Uh, my favorite thing, I think, is probably listening to Soundgarden. <laughs> <laughs> well, as, as somebody up in Seattle, I can appreciate that. Nice. Any any particular favorite song or album that you're that you're jamming on right now? Um, it's uh, uh up on the up, up. What is it? Up on the up, up. I forget what it's called now. <laughs> I can't remember the name of it. I mean, I need to look. I need to look this up now because I don't remember the name the name of the album. I was always a fan of the. Uh, it's the Rusty Cage song. Yes. Get which album that was off of. Bad motor. That's bad motor finger. Yep. Um, yeah, but down on the upside is what I meant to say. Uh, is the album that I'm um, I'm uh, vibing right now. Nice. All right, Cesar Cordero. Uh, what's your What's your favorite thing? Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, well, my recent purchase was like a stand up desk for this um, this COVID work from home um, situation. So um, so I've been I've been standing more and coding while standing up and it's been working wonders on my back nice i have a a, a, like a drafting table i work off of and i have a tall like stool i can sit at but yeah it's always nice to get up and stand and stretch the legs a little bit that makes a big world of difference and sweaky favorite thing in the world right now what's going on so hard i've been baking like a ton of bread so i think all i've been doing is just like carb loading but my recent obsession is um raised by wolves on hbo uh oh my god it's a very interesting show and i'm a big a big ridley scott fan so yeah this is like hardcore sci-fi nerd content man it's amazing I never heard of it before, but Raised by Wolves on HBO, nice. And I have seen your Twitter of all the bread that you're baking, so carbo loading. I like that's that's my favorite thing right now, mm-hmm. carbo loading. Nice. This has been the Zamrick Podcast, talking to the Oscars and about a great app. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next time. <laughs>